Welcome to the Whole Indie Show, your home for your weekly slice of indie goodness. So it's natural that I ask myself, is this a risk I'm willing to take? And the answer, absolutely. If you know something about me, you know that I am trying to change the wave of the future. Jesus was change with Innocence once lost can never be regained. Darkness once gazed upon can never be lost. All things truly wicked start from innocence. Because I want to see you, see me, smash it up. Come and play. What I want is Brian Danielson's head on a stick. This is my challenge to everybody on the independent scene, and that's to fly. Try to be the best in the world. With your hosts, Sandro La and Ashley Richardson. Well, I knew we'd the fucking roof. And we're back, everybody. Another week of uh, indie goodness probably happening. Sorry, I'm getting a bit tired from all this E3 stuff. Welcome to the whole indie show. This is Ashley, and joining me, as per usual, is Sandro. And uh, yeah, a, a mixed week on the wrestling front, certainly. We had some good stuff, and then one... Big bit of stuff, which we'll get to certainly straight off. Yeah, it was definitely a uh, definitely a mixed week. The last seven days, uh, uh, there was some good stuff, but there was some bad stuff as well. Uh, of course, uh, wrestling worlds uh, mourning over definitely a huge legend of uh, the passing of the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the announcement came this weekend, because this is our top story. Uh, Josh Alexander, the walking weapon, is uh, retiring next month. After, I think he said, like 10 years in the business, roughly? Yeah, he started back in 2005. Basically... And this, if you want to find the full blog of what, you know, his, uh, it, you know, explaining everything and whatever, find it on our social media. We've, we've got it up there. But uh, basically, the shorthand to sum it up is that a couple of years back, he suffered a bad neck injury at AAW. And uh, wanted to try and heal it just naturally rather than uh, wrestling. So they, after like six months of uh, spending some time in Canada, he came back for a Ring of Honor tryout camp. And during that event, or yeah, during that event, I think it says. Uh, he felt a crunch in his neck again. 
and he went and saw medical, you know, medical analysis, and that he apparently had compressed or herniated his disc, so it'd require surgery. So in September this year, I think, from what I can tell, uh, he went in and secretly had a fused C5, C6 vertebrae. And very few people actually knew about this. <clears throat> then, it, you know, after details of that, Monster Mafia obviously had to turn down a Ring of Honor booking because he wasn't able to work because of the surgery. Then it was all sort of the details of still being able to do stuff here and there, like Alpha One shows and things like that. And then in February this year, you know, he got sort of his dream of making it to PWG and wrestling the Young Bucks. And then uh, they took on Love Gun. I think, what show was that? Was that the... Um... Oh, I'm trying uh, to think which one. Don't Sweat the Technique, I believe. Yeah, don't sweat the technique when they face Love Gun. And at one point, for uh, a power bomb and a double knee combination, he just crashed down on his head, which you know did look bad. Which, you know, I don't think we noticed it at that point, did we? We didn't bring it up as much as um, Andrew Everett nearly murdering himself that same show either way uh, when he got home he felt in extreme pain in his left arm and a loss of strength so he was worried so he said that despite all that he'd try and get them through DDT and now I'm sort of wondering well, no, because actually with what happened, regardless, nothing actually, you know, I, I, I'm th I was thinking for a split second there that they gave him the PWG titles for that because of it, but it actually, he didn't get the results from the MRI from what happened after the uh, Don't Sweat the Technique show until June the 3rd. So what, a uh, couple of weeks back? Yep. Yeah, a couple of weeks back, so... And he was told that he's basically got a bulging or herniated disc at every level in his neck. And that surgery is the only option, and they have to do another two-level fusion, I think, rather than a... Well, I guess two-level fusion is like the C5, C6, but it's the only way to relieve the pain and halt you know, any other extreme symptoms. So July the 23rd, He's having his second neck surgery in less than a year. So basically, all the next set of shows are the farewell tour. Because it all comes round to his final match, which will be July the 12th for Alpha 1. This was announced at their show, which we'll talk about the results later. Uh, it's going to be entitled called uh, Seppuku, 
But the interesting thing is, although it's an Alpha One show, it's actually a Josh Alexander show. He is running the show himself, rather than the people that usually run it. Which, you know, I hate to pull the curtain down too much because I know he complained about it before, but normally Ethan Page is the guy that is the guy behind, you know, the one behind it. But this time it's Josh, mainly because all profits from the show will be going towards helping him and his family while he's off work, obviously recovering from the surgery that he's taking. And he's announced that he felt right that, you know, it could have been with some breakout star or a big name like Johnny Devine or Michael Elgin, but he's decided he's going to be teaming up with Ethan Page one last time, the Monster Mafia, on its last role against the Gym Rats of Scotty O'Shea and Alessandro Del Bruno. And as he says, uh, I close out this chapter of my life with everyone who's meant so much to me for the past decade. And in closing, he says, and I'll say, and I'll, I'll, I'll fully say this properly, uh, quote, I'm honestly genuinely excited for the future. For the first time in 10 years, the path I've been walking is changing. The uncertainty is exhilarating. Stay in touch. So, yeah, and uh, I, the video's been doing very well uh, in terms of social media uh, viewings and whatever with the announcement and the the uh, also the seppuku sort of hype video as well and yeah it will be a shame to see but uh a lot of pretty awesome things i think are going to be happening with him now over the next month he's going to be getting a a lot of heartfelt thank yous over the over the next few weeks because i'm trying to think we've got He's got an AAW showing this week, which we'll talk about later. Next week, I think now, more likely than ever, uh, he's definitely going to be on PWG. And the PWG fans will give him the send-off he deserves. Uh, the 4th of July weekend, do we know if there's any big shows happening then? Uh, not that I know of, but um, from what I've heard, I don't think it's going to be at the next PWG show. Oh, he isn't. I don't think he will be. The, the DDT4 was, well, supposedly, like his last show. Right. I mean, unless we hear anything, but... I wouldn't rule it out, because obviously we aren't going to know who's on that card until it happens. Because of the whole nature of it being uh, Mystery Vortex. Right. Because I don't know... I don't know what other shows are actually happening next weekend. I never fully looked into it as to what he could be a part of either way that final weekend i think is it friday or saturday for absolution yeah aiw and then finishing it off alpha one on the sunday and that's gonna be one hell of a weekend as well i mean that probably all more than likely means we're gonna get some sort of title change or title um, vacancy happening at AIW now in some shape or form. Then again, of course, who won Gauntlet for the gold again? 
Uh, Ricky Shane Page. Oh, okay, so this technically... I forgot, yeah, I forgot the, the gauntlet means you get into the main event of Absolution. I thought it was like uh, the way it is with some of the, like with Dreamwave when you get to cash it in when you want sort of thing. Either way, I don't want to say best wishes yet because he's still got, you know, another a month, a few weeks or so ahead of him. But uh, yeah, this was, I think, something not a lot of people saw coming. And uh, it'll be a, you know, that that week, that week, uh, that second weekend in July is going to be a tough one for quite a few fans, especially, you know, those in the Alpha One promotion and AIW because Alexander's been a part of them uh, for a fair few years. And of course, with Alpha One practically since day one. So, uh, yeah. Uh, when I first heard about the news, uh, it took me by surprise. Uh, I I was shocked, just like uh, everybody else. You know, nobody knew uh, what was the reasoning behind it. So we saw uh, the video, and he made that speech after the uh, the Alpha One show, and of course he went into more detail on his blog, uh, explaining why he wants to retire from wrestling. And uh, you know what? I, I was just really sad to hear about that. And uh, you know what? You can't really blame him. Uh, it's probably it's probably just the only smart choice to do at the moment. Uh, you know, getting the surgery done and of course recovering, and of course moving on with his life. Uh, I, I've been a big fan of his uh, since uh, two years ago. Since I started watching AIW, it was actually during the uh, the National Pro Wrestling Day show, and that AIW showcase between Josh Alexander and Ethan Page, and then after that, I started to watch AIW on a regular basis. And of course, I started to watch uh, Josh Alexander anywhere he went, anywhere where I could find it. You know, then he moved on to AAW, and. Uh, then of course uh, he made a brief stop over at Evolve when uh, they started doing shows in Brooklyn. Uh, I was there on the first show that they did in Brooklyn at the Lyceum, and I think that was the only time I saw him wrestle in person. And and I was pretty sure I was the only guy that knew of Josh Alexander, so I knew what uh, he was gonna do in the match, and you know he he had fought. Uh, Tony Nice, and I knew it was going to be a good match, and it was. And, and I still remember that talk that we had, um, you know, talking about how he was doing great in AIW, and that we were talking about. I had mentioned to him, like, I hope one day you make it a PWG because I know you just kill it. And, you know, he had told me, like, yeah, uh, me too. I really wish uh, I could go to PWG. That was definitely one of my uh, big goals in, in my wrestling career. And, of course, you know, a couple of years, a couple of years later, he definitely achieved it, and you know, even though it was for a brief time, he still did good. He won the tag team titles, even if it was for an hour. It's in the it's in the books that vo- those title changes count as title changes. It's not like whoever is champion at the end of the night is the champion recognized. That will be down in the books. So, <clears throat> after watching him for about how about three years now. That was a pretty good run. You know, he, he definitely did good 
on everywhere he went. You know, he did pretty good in a very short stint in Ring of Honor. You know, despite what what the rumblings were at the time. Um, will he make a return? Who knows? That's really up to him. But I definitely wish him nothing but the best uh, after, hopefully, a successful uh, surgery. Yes, definitely. Um, so we will uh, move on from that to uh, uh, some PWG news itself. And uh, Excalibur and the uh, booking committee have been getting incredibly crazy. Because uh, first up, in terms of not the show coming up, the Mystery Vortex one, but uh, afterwards, the Tremendous Four show, a.k.a. the 12th anniversary, uh, some big names already booked for that event. Uh, the Wolves of David Richardson and Eddie Edwards will be making their return, as will Akira Tozawa, who, what, has it been like four or five years since he was last in PWG? Yeah, just about. Uh, Jack Evans makes his return after a fair few years out, and I think is is this a debut? The other the other talent? Yes. So I'm uh, making their debut. Angelica. Mm-hmm. Angel is it Angelico Angelico? Either one. They're both acceptable. It's both. He has many names. <laughs> so that alone is pretty impressive. And then apparently you might as well call. You know, it's no longer the Battle of Los Angeles. It's the British of Los Angeles. Because your first three entrants for the competition are all Brits. In uh, Will Ospreay, Marty Scroll, and Timothy Thatcher. Uh-huh. I, I, I think there's something going on here. Because... I've just remembered, you know, give your reactions to that because I've just remembered that I need to mention a story that I forgot about. Okay. Damn it. Uh, I've heard some pretty good things about Will. Uh, he's from Progress, correct? Yeah, um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, and I know Progress has been getting very hot in like the last two years or so. They've been getting very popular. This, this means during the break, I'm going to have to get the progress result or the progress card because that's happening this weekend as well. <laughs> and of course, Marty Scroll, uh, after his uh, very the party Marty days, yeah. Well, I'm talking about his brief appearance in uh, TNA. That's after what I meant, that, the party I Marty think... days. <laughs> okay. Well, after that, I think he uh, started to get a bit more buzz in the UK. Well, Grant, at least to me, because I don't know much of his history. But uh, he, his name has been popping up more on, uh, on the internet. And, uh, of course, Timothy Thatcher, uh, a bit of a surprise to bring him in now. I would have thought he would have came in maybe a bit earlier because I think over the last year he, he has been living in the California area. So I'm kind of surprised they're just starting to bring him in now for Ebola. But... Um, you know, we've seen what Thatcher can do. So he should be doing pretty good in that tournament. Um, definitely already international talent for the 2015 Bola, of course. Last year's show, uh, excuse me, tournament 
was so big, uh, a lot of people were wondering how they're going to top next year's, and uh, not looking too bad. Yeah, we're just going with British talent. Yeah. Speaking of, thanks for that gap, Sandro, because I managed to get the news. We've announced another Shikara King of Trios team. And it's another British one. And it is the team uh, representing Attack Pro Wrestling, which is going to be Pete Dunne, Mark Andrews, and Flash Morgan Webster. I tell you, the British are taking over wrestling, apparently. (laughs) I don't know what's going on, but I like it. So three international promotions, two from one international country. I forgot about the AAA one. Yeah, Yeah. so. So not bad so far, not bad. We're stepping our game up from the, the, I guess you could call it the in-house trios last year. Yeah, pretty much. This time it's mega outhouse. I'm just curious about how many more teams are they going to bring out outside of the Chikara world. That's what I'm wondering. Well, realistically, you have to say eight of them are already confirmed. Yeah, with the regular roster. Yeah. There's plenty of pairings up. Even of teams that, you know, like NRG, they could do something. They could team up with somebody and make a trios. So there's 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 slots open to there's slots open to another four teams, possibly. Certainly. Mm-hmm. They could be big names, they could be <clears throat> small names. Just for a heck of it, they could be Samoa Joe. You never know. <laughs> uh who knows? I probably doubt it, but I don't know. I think they're naming the non-Challenge of the Immortals teams first to draw the people in. Yeah. I think they realized last year suffered from the fact that the majority, bar from, what, Team UK, was it, last year? Yeah, they they brought in a couple of... uh... And the Spirit Squad? Yeah. Bar that, it was practically all in her house, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, they brought in uh, Amosai Hernandez and uh, Chao Jr. and... uh... I think mm. that might have been it, but that's probably smart to bring it to announce. Excuse me, some outside talent before announcing the regular roster. But I think the the next team they'll probably announce maybe two or three regular teams from the regular roster, and then maybe announce a few more and try to like balance it out. Yeah, that's certainly a possibility. So now we come to a little bit of evolve news. And uh, you reported on it last week that Zack Sabre Jr. was uh, making his return to the promotion. Uh, we now know against who. Uh, at Evolve 45, he'll be taking on Davey Richards. And then at Evolve 46, facing TJ Perkins. That's not too bad a, a lineup for uh, July 10th and 11th. Uh, they have announced a little bit more as well of the Evolve 45 card for the Friday at the Orpheum in Ebor City. Apparently there's going to be an ACW kickoff show at 8 before the bell time of 9. Whatever that is. Uh, so alongside Richards and Sabre and the main event of Galloway and Strong versus Nice and Conley. I guess because uh, 
the uh, yes, uh, Beretta is busy that day, probably, because he ain't on the card. Uh, also, we've got a rematch from the last set of shows with Trevor Lee taking on Chris Hero. Rich Swan taking on Timothy Thatcher, and it'll be Biff Busick versus Andrew Everett. And they have also announced that after July, uh, Evolve will be returning to New York in August. 15th and 16th. The 15th show will be in Queens at Laboom. And then they'll be at the NYWC Sportatorium in Deer Park uh, for the August the 16th show. Tickets are on sale now at uh, dgusa.tv. I saw some of the, the footage when they when they had the last shows in New York, uh, in particular the one at Laboom nightclub. Uh, I will say they did a pretty good job using the club's equipment and made the, the show look pretty fancy. What was the show with the dust cart in the background? I think that was in the Fighter Fighters. Okay. Yeah. So that seemed a bit odd. Well, I think the only good thing about it was we saw Ethan Page coming out with the uh, the firefighter hat. <laughs> yeah, very true. <laughs> that was the positive thing. <laughs> um, just one thing to note as well. Uh, WWN Live is honoring the memory of Dusty Rose by putting the Dream DVD that uh, WWN did in 2005 in the free-to-view section of the WWN Roku channel. Uh, it's basically classic classic footage on the DVD and hosted by Dusty Rhodes. But, yeah, for, I guess, I don't know if it's forever free, but uh, certainly at the minute it's available free on the WWN Live Roku channel. So if you want to check that out, uh, go ahead. It's It don't cost you anything. That's pretty good. Now, uh, we come back to Paragon Pro Wrestling. If you men- remember, we mentioned it, I think, what, a month or so back? Saying that they'd got a deal with Pop TV. Yeah. Uh, they have announced this week that uh, the show will be debuting at 6 in the morning. Which is a bit of an issue, to be honest, because it's pretty early. The other big issue is it's on the starts on the 4th of July. Which means in quite a lot of markets, you know, or sorry, quite a lot of time zones, should I say, the show will be going head to head with the Sumo Hall WWE Japan show on the network. So as long as you've got a DVR, I guess, you sort it. But if you don't, um, not to diss Paragon Pro Wrestling, but you know you, are, you probably aren't going to see a title change on Paragon Pro Wrestling. Let's be honest. Well, I mean... Owens, you know. Owens versus Balor? More likely a title change. Well... Hmm. You know, technology has advanced. I mean, if you have a DVR, you could, you know, just record it. So, I'm 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 guessing that might actually be good, though. But then again, kids don't get up for. This is like last week. Kids don't get up for Saturday morning cartoons anymore. 
Because I thought at 6am, if like kids got up early, they'd watch it before the cartoons. Well, I think kids still do get up early. Okay, and watch it then, then. <laughs> Tune into Pop TV, kids. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if they have cable, then they're, they're, they can still watch cartoons. But... Yeah. I, if you want to check your local... You can check your local listings, they say, or visit poptv.com for the channel number in your area. Uh... A couple of bit of additions as well to the Tier 1 Wrestling event. I can't say card because these are only like side things. Uh, Randy Carver will be heading over from Maine to be the official voice of the company. Which I'm guessing means he's the ring announcer. Well, it says from the atmosphere of the talent to the folks at ringside. So I don't know if that means he's commentator or announcer. That doesn't seem clear. Very code, the official voice. I don't know what that means. Either way, uh, there will also be a special guest in attendance. Uh, Anna Teresa Trepiedi. I might be getting that name completely wrong, that surname. Uh, she apparently is Miss New York America 2015. Because New York is America. Nothing else is America. Uh, she's going to be doing a meet and greet thing. My thing is, when I looked at the picture... She basically looked like Silesia Sparks. <laughs> Just with a normal haircut rather than the Silesia cut. So it's like, is this hit is this basically a hidden code? I need to verify whether she actually is Miss New York America. <laughs> this is this is something I'll do that. Sandro, you go through your news, including one that I think is uh, about another company joining the streaming Illuminati. <laughs> or alum, no, alumni. I got the word wrong. There we go. <laughs> well, uh, just to go back with the PWG just for a bit. Not really official news, but speculation. Oh, we've got rumor PWG, PWG rumors. Oh, I love this stuff. <laughs> yeah, just speculations. I wouldn't call it rumors. But anyways, obviously with uh, the first three announcements for this year's BOLA, uh, some people were wondering, uh, who else could appear? There's a possibility that Zack Sabre Jr. could appear as well. There's a very good possibility that uh, Kenny Omega could also be around for a bolo weekend. And apparently, there is a very slight chance... I'm not going to say this person's name, because I don't want to jinx it. But a certain... Um, Pro Wrestling Savior is doing a show in California the week before BOLA. So, I'm just saying there's a chance he might be a part of uh, the 2015 BOLA, which I would love it to see him. You're going to have to put that in the chat because I'm trying to work out who that could be because that's about seven people in my mind. (laughs) Well, I think people can figure it out who I'm referring to. But uh, okay, this will be done off there. <laughs> okay. But uh, yeah, that's about it for the PWG speculation. Um, not really news here, but I, I guess in a way, someone is news. Well, Ring of Honor for a bit. Um, if you just went to the Ring of Honor website, uh, there is an article that was recently made by Kevin Kelly, and on the uh, preview picture of that article. 
there was the uh, recent uh, tryout that Ring of Honor had, and the the picture on the uh, on the preview is none other than David Starr. Oh, so apparently David Starr had a took part of the uh, Ring of Honor tryout, which uh, I hope he did well, and hopefully Ring of Honor picks him up to do some shows because I think he'll be a pretty good fit for them. And uh, I guess the last bit of news is, uh, yeah, as you mentioned, another promotion has joined in the wrestling uh, streaming service. CZW has now has their own online streaming service, which is called CZW Studios. Uh, you can find it at ccwstudios.com. Can you guess what the price is? Is free. <laughs> I mean, I'm guessing it's probably uh, a cent off ten dollars. Uh, yes, you're correct. It still is, means Smash Wrestling is cheaper. Go there, everybody. It is the exact same price as the WWE Network, nine ninety nine. Go to Smash Wrestling, go to AIW because they are cheaper than nine ninety nine. Now I just went to the to the website and so far uh, they have twenty eight shows for on the CCW uh, catalog. They said they're going to add more, and they also have uh, twenty shows of WSU as well. WSU is also a part of this uh, streaming service from CCW, and they, they have a. a to me, this looks like a bit of an odd uh, payment because if you look on their catalog section on whatever uh, promotion, uh, it says they have, a, of course, the subscription, $9.99 a month. Then they have rent, which is also the same price. And then there is buy, which is the exact same price. So I guess you can just Subscribe to the entire catalog, or you can rent it, or you can buy it, which is a bit odd, since this is a you know a streaming service. But uh, looking at the WSU, and they have a few of the recent shows, but they also have a couple of the old shows as well, which is interesting. On the uh, CCW side, they have. Uh, all the shows from the last, uh, I would say, two years. And the only old shows that they have, uh, there's a few. It's about two old uh, TODs. There's an old show from 2011 and an old show from 2001. But they said that they're going to add the rest of the library in the upcoming months. So, uh, you know, if you're interested, uh, you know, give it a try. Just done some research. And Miss New York, uh, United States. Because apparently there's a difference between Miss New York, United States, and Miss New York, USA. (laughs) Why be so similar? Either way, she is Miss New York, United States. But according to everything that I've found... Her name isn't Anna Teresa Trepiedi. So I'm really getting confused. 
I'm leaving it at that because I don't want to say her real name in case that's the whole idea she's going under the pseudonym. I am confused. Either way. I think that's completely irrelevant. But Well, no, if they're advertising as one person, but she's actually somebody else. Tier 1 wrestling isn't being truthful. Nor out of five stars. I don't. We're already reviewing it before the show's even happened. I don't think that's that's going to be a concern for anyone. <laughs> Right, uh, that is the news done. Uh, now we get into results, and we start off with the debut weekend for Global Force Wrestling. At least until the TV show shows up, in which case they might get a bit too big for the indie show. So, uh, Jackson, Tennessee. Apparently the crowd for both events was about four to 500, so not too bad, but probably could have been better considering who's behind the promotion. They're doing about as much promotion as Destination America's doing, which is very little, apparently. Despite what they're saying. Either way. Uh, the show opened with the Tate Twins being, beating the best friends. Uh, apparently, the crowd didn't know what to make of the best friends. Here's the issue. <laughs> this Tennessee people have never seen PWG. Which is a shame, but yeah, there you go. That happened. Uh, Sanjay Dutt beat Jamin Olivencia with a big splash off the top. Uh, Taya Trinidad pinned Lady Tapper with a spinning DDT. Uh, Moose beat Too Cocky Kevin Matthews with a spear. It's interesting to note that Matthews did actually pin Moose with a roll-up but got reversed by officials. And it's also worth noting, Moose did the Dusty Rhodes flip, flop, and fly into a bionic elbow. So Moose is doing the smart thing. He's doing the tip of the hat moves, so he's going to get over with the crowds. Uh, that's a sm- I really want to see that this weekend then in Ring of Honor now. Um... Then uh, we had Chris Mordetsky beating Dustin Starr with the Master Lock. Then Jim Cornette came out to thank the fans, paid tribute to Dusty Rhodes, and they did a 10-bell salute. Then introduced Jeff Jarrett, who in turn thanked the fans. Uh, So then we had uh, the Bullet Club with the Bullet Babe taking on the new Heavenly Bodies. It's interesting to note that before the match started... The Heavenly Bodies cut a promo on Cornet and the original Heavenly Bodies. This, of course, meant that technically Jim Cornette became part of the Bullet Club. <laughs> it gets bigger. Um, so uh, the bodies were on the forefront in the match until Anderson tagged in Gallows. And then towards the end, Cornette nailed one of the Heavenly Bodies with the racket, which allowed Gallows to get the win. So Bullet Club beat the new Heavenly Bodies. And then Jarrett shakes hands with Bullet Club. As if we didn't know. (sighs) (laughs) And then the following night in Knoxville, Tennessee, uh, again the Tate Twins uh, bested the best friends, should I say. Uh, Sanjay Dutt and Chase Owens beat Jason Kincaid and Jamin Olivencia. Taya Trinidad again beat Lady Tapper. You see a common theme here. Uh, Moose beat Congo Kong. Uh, worth noting, I was hyped for that match. 
Apparently there were quite a few uh, missed spots in it though. And the ring action was slow and laboured. But the crowd once again loved Moose for doing the Dusty Rhodes stuff. Uh, Chris Mordetsky beat Devin Driscoll. Uh, Jim Cornette did the uh, you know, thank you and the salute to Dusty Rhodes and then the Jarrett's came out. And then the Bullet Club beat the New Heavenly Bodies again. But this time there was more of a twist because apparently there was a former Tennessee head basketball coach, Donnie Tyndall, who uh, was with the New Heavenly Bodies. During the match, um, the Bodies were about to get the win, but the basketball coach pulled one of the Bodies off Gallows as the referee counted. An argument ensued while Cornette moved to the other side of the ring and slipped the racket to Anderson, who used it. And then Tyndall did the same with the clipboard. <laughs> so it's like, you know, I have to do one better. Clipboard. Uh, and the Bullet Club win. And apparently it's even a six-sided ring. I wonder where they got, I, I wonder where they got that idea from, Dixie. Can't think. Speaking of that, did you, Sandra, did you hear the news about TNA? Sorry about that. Uh, heard about what? Uh, apparently, they're airing it live in the UK at one in the morning, which is sort of a smart move. But the even more crazy thing, they're bringing back King of the Bloody Mountain. Because that concept really worked. Uh, yeah. I don't care about that. Yeah. Although just um, to go back with the Global Force thing, um, I'm kind of surprised they went with the six-sided ring. That caught me off guard when they used that, when I saw the photo. And Cornette in the, in the uh, Global, Force, Global Force version of the Bullet Club uh, makes no sense because, you know, Corny's like very old school and granted, I haven't kept up with his show, but, uh, yeah, but I, don't when think, the hev- I don't think he <laughs> when- would, uh, I don't think he would like uh, enjoy something like the antique as well, like the, the wrestling side. I think he would like probably get crap on it. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm just kind of confused on that whole thing. Well, he crapped on Kevin Owens and look what happened to him. So <laughs> perhaps he's realized, perhaps there's some things I do need to change my attitude on. Who knows? Or whether they're paying me, who gives a damn? <laughs> More likely that one. Uh, next up, Jersey Championships Wrestling's event at Six Flags. Uh, open with Brian Myers beating Danny Doring in an open challenge. With the JCW tag belts, uh, the B squad uh, retained against the Rogues. Uh, that's Carl the Beast and Monster Mac beating Brandon Kirk and Jeff Cannonball in a no DQ fight around the theater. That's that's an interesting one. Uh, for the Extreme Title, uh, Pinky Sanchez. I think that's a retention. Uh, retained the belt against Arcadia Bandido Jr. and Amazing Red. Then we had the JCW title match. Yeah, because your world title has to be halfway down the card. 
Okay. Uh, and we have a new champ, Tamatonga, beat Joey Janela to become the new champ. Uh, afterwards, Ricky Steamboat handed the title to Tonga. And Tonga said that he'd be taking the title back to New Japan and the Bullet Club. There we go. <laughs> so if he starts coming out with a belt in New Japan, literally everybody in that group will now have a belt. My God. Apart from Yujiro. He's letting the side down. <laughs> uh, in tag team action, uh, Jake Roberts and Sean Waltman beat the Players Club of Eric Andretti and Danny DeManto. Of uh, the Patriot and Hacksaw Jim Duggan beat Angel Ortiz and Mike Drastic of EYFBO. Then uh, Nick Gage, Tommy Dreamer, and Devin Storm, accompanied by Mick Foley, beat Team Pazuzu of Pinky Sanchez, Chris Dickinson. And it says EYFBO here, in which case that was four on three. Which seems probably unfair, but then it's Nick Gage. <laughs> he is about 75 people in one. Uh, their next JCW's next shows will be on September the 19th and 20th at the Food Truck and Rock Carnival. Why is the food truck listed first? Especially when you've got Slash and Godsmack on the card in terms of, you know, rock musicians. Why is the food truck more important? I don't get this. <laughs> anyway, try and get back to normality for uh, Revolution Pro's results. The Summer Sizzler from this past Sunday. Uh, the show opened with Josh Bowden beating Tommy End. Uh, the Revolutionists then of Shea Samuels and James Castle beat uh, Joel Redman and Jake McCluskey, who was filling in for Mark Haskins to become the new uh, Rev Pro Tag Team Champs. Then Big Damo, Damo O'Connor, beat Tomohiro Ishii. Somewhat of a surprise there, I would say. Uh, then Andy Quilden, who I think is the guy in charge there, announced for their next show in October, Uprising. Get this, Sandro. Jushin Thunder Liger teams up with Hiroshi Tanahashi to take on Gado and Kazuchika Okada. Huh. Literally, New Japan is happening in London. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura then beat Roderick Strong. Uh, Demo then came out and challenged Nakamura to another match. So that will be happening at Uprising in October as well. Uh, will Ospreay then retain the Cruiserweight title by two falls to one, beating Matt Seidel. Uh, Colt Cabana and Matt Classic managed to beat Lord Gideon Gray and Rishi Ghosh. And then the main event, we have a new RPW British champ, and his name is AJ Styles, beating Marty Scroll with a Styles Clash. And then in an added twist, in October, AJ Styles will defend the belt against Marty Scroll and the cruiserweight champion Will Ospreay mm. in a freeway. So technically, we might be seeing a PWG match at, at Revolution Pro. Because I'm guessing AJ's probably going to be part of Bola, more than likely. And we already know Skrull and Ospreay are, so 
There you go. I don't object. <laughs> yeah, that sounds uh, good. So definitely, RevPro looking uh, pretty strong, <clears throat> as they should be, because you know if you can get New Japan talents on there, that's pretty good. Uh, next up, uh, the Queen of Combat shows, which really gets confusing because uh, a tournament of sixteen actually only has a tournament of fourteen, apparently. So then it gets complicated. So, uh, Queen of Combat 5 from uh, Mid-Atlantic Sportatorium in Gibsonville, North Carolina, open with, well, I guess through the non-tournament matches first that happened on the card. Uh, we had Hardcore Ever Owens and Chastity Taylor going to a double count-out. And Jessica Havoc beating Aspen Rose in under a minute and then cutting a promo on her first-round opponent in the tournament, Miss Dyslexia. Uh, the tournament matches itself. Sue Young beat Solo Darling with the Purge. Santana Garrett defeated Mandy Leon with a handspring moonsault. Tasha Blanchard was victorious over Harnia the Howling Huntress after Tessa used a chair. I guess without the referee seeing, otherwise, how did that happen? Uh, Amanda Rodriguez beat Jenny Rose. Uh, Taylor Hendricks defeated Amy Love. Jessica Havoc defeated uh, Miss Dyslexia, and the main event saw Lou Fisto beat Lever Bates. I'm a bit, I'm a bit, I'm a bit cut up by that. Also, I don't know what Lever's cosplay was this week. Probably something to do with the Purge, because you know that's a thing now. Uh, I saw it, and uh, she cosplayed as Goku from the Dragon Ball franchise. Oh, she wasn't a Purge for a change! Yay! <laughs> But she didn't have the, you know, the exact hairstyle. Yeah. Which would have been very possible. You know what her costume was the following day, or was it the same thing? Uh, I don't know. I only saw that. That was the only picture that I saw of her. Okay. Because so, uh, she opened the Sunday show, which was uh, the undercard to PWX at Ziggy's in, uh, North Ca- in uh, Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Um, she lost in a triple threat against uh, Crazy Mary Dobson and Harnia. Basically, it was a second chance triple threat match, which seems a bit crazy because Crazy Mary wasn't even in the tournament in itself. So I guess Harnia and Lever Bates were just there and available, so they just put them in as somebody else for Crazy Mary to go up against. I don't know. Uh, Santana Garrett beat Sue Young. Uh, Taylor Hendricks beat Amanda Rodriguez. Uh, Tessa Blanchard beat Lufisto after hitting Lufisto with a chain and pinning her using the ropes for leverage. And Jessica Havoc beat Crazy Mary Dobson. Those are the tournament matches. So we, so in the semi-finals, we now have five people. What? Um, <laughs> and uh, the couple of non-tournament matches that happened: uh, Mandy Leon beat Jenny Rose. And Chastity Taylor Solo Darling and Amy Love beat Ronnie Nicole, Miss Dyslexia, and Hardcore Ever Owens. Next up was CWF Mid Atlantic's Battle Bowl, uh, which we'll cover, which, uh, you know, was Saturday previously mentioned, pre you know, preceded or came after Queens of Combat 5. Uh, the matches were drawn at random by fans in attendance. So we had uh, Brandon Day beat Nick Richards in a no DQ open fight. Apparently, the majority of the winners here got through to a battle royal later in the evening to take on the champ. Um, 
Ivan Alexander Sharp's randomly drawn eight-man team of John Schuyler, Aaron Biggs, Cecil Scott, and Mark James beat Samoa Joey Hogan. Samoa Joey Ho... Blimey. Um, Samoa Joey Hogan's randomly drawn team of Roy Wilkins, Jesse Adler, Michael McAllister, and Chris Lee. When Biggs Pim Watkins, who received no assistance from his team whatsoever. Oh, sorry, Wilkins, sorry. So Roy Wilkins was basically a team that he got shafted with. Uh, so Sharp's team goes to the Battle Royal. Uh, then we had a women's tag with Sis and Sue Young beating Amy Love and Amanda Rodriguez. With Young getting Am- uh, Amanda with the Mandible Claw. Then Brad, Out- Brad Attitude sorry, and Evan Banks beat... Eric Andrews and Smith Garrett with Attitude hitting a super kick on Garrett after Andrews left Garrett behind. So uh, Attitude and Banks advance to the Battle Royal. But they're saying it was an interesting draw because uh, the legendary tag team of the company, the Killbillies, actually went one-on-one in this match. They were on opposite sides, I guess. Then we had... The TV title match with Chet Sterling versus uh, Dariot Lockhart. But uh, Ethan Case came out and demanded to be added to the title as well. So uh, the fans were asked about it and they agreed. So now all of a sudden it's a triple threat and an Ultra J title match now. As Sterling's TV title and Case's Ultra J title are both on the line. However, because Chet Sterling pinned Darius Lockhart... Uh, Sterling retains a TV title, and because Case wasn't pinned, he's still Ultra J champion. So, why was he put in in the first place? Then, in terms of the Battle Royale, uh, Aaron Biggs won it, eliminating Brandon Day. Uh, Then he immediately went on to take on the... uh, the PWI International Heavyweight Champion, Zane Dawson. And lost as Zane won uh, to retain his belt. Apparently, these all this is actually going to be up on their YouTube uh, CWF Worldwide channel thing. All the action will be posted up, I guess, in segments and parts, starting from this past Wednesday. So uh, it's up there for you to catch up the CWF Mid-Atlantic YouTube page. Uh, then we got PW, PWX's Heroes and Villains, uh, which had, this was Sunday uh, evening, we had the result, revolt of Zane Riley and Caleb Connolly beating Andrew Everett and Trevor Lee. Uh, Crazy Mary Dobson not uh, coming out on top this time, beating, being beaten by Tessa Blanchard. Uh, Joe Black beat Chip Day in a false count anywhere match to force the Best of five series to a fifth match. Moose uh, then beat the son of the South, Billy Brash, to win the ITV title. So Moose has a title belt. I don't know what to think now. <laughs> I'm confused, but that might be a good thing. I don't know. Um, Eddie Edwards beat Anthony Henry. The Bravado Brothers beat Country Jack to become the new PWX tag champs. Uh, ACH beat JT Dunn. And uh, John Schuyler retained the PWX heavyweight title against Cedric Alexander. Uh, PWX's next show will be on July 12th. 
with the return of the Young Bucks and also an international debut, but they aren't saying who or what. I'm sort of guessing, considering the following week, I is it no a couple of weeks after Akira Tazawa is going to be in PWG. I'm just wondering if Tazar was actually doing a a set of shows in the US for a bit. We'll have to see. And then I think finally for this segment, uh, Excellence Pro Wrestling's Pork Chops from Sellersville, Pennsylvania, uh, opened with too many cooks of Chief of Chef Blackmon and Sloppy Joe. Uh, beating the punk rock all-stars of Drake Carter and Sean Cannon. If you've seen the photos of them, they certainly are punk. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Ken Broadway beat Rembrandt Lewis. Granakuma victorious over Danger Jameson. Nick the Silent Assassin, accompanied by Ariella Nix, defeated Dan Champion in what's been seen as quite an upset by uh, the Excellence Facebook page. Uh, Ashley America beat Debbie Kane. Uh, one night only of Quen and Gangon beat Alex Mason and Marcus Streets. And the main event saw Smiley beat Black G's. So technically, Smiley could be CZW World Champion. You never know. So, uh, I think that's where we'll leave it for this part because we're nearly into an hour or so already. And uh, I need a break. So when we come back, we've got more results to cover from Alpha One Wrestling, uh, CZW, and Shikara. And then we'll get into a preview of this weekend shows, including this weekend's Ring of Honor pay-per-view at a weirdly late time. I still don't know why that is. Anyway, the uh, second and final part of this week's edition of The Whole Indie Show is coming up after this break. Hey there, listeners of the SNS Radio Network. My wife here. Now, as most of you listeners know, I happen to promote my own albums every now and again, and the latest one is now available. Yes, Dream Sphere. The musical journey that takes you through the realm of fantasy is now available at mindwipestudios.info. 14 tracks plus a couple of bonus tracks, all available for the neat little price of 10 bucks US. $10 US or A. So check it out today. It's got some great tracks, including Witchwood. Dreamsphere, Flights of Dragons, and many, many more. Dreamsphere, available at mywifestudios.info. If you trained, say your prayers, and ate your vitamins, then you'll love 
the Hulkamania Chronicles. Sean Beckerman, host of Beyond the Bell, your pro wrestling nostalgia podcast, breaks down the history and career of the legendary Hall of Famer, the immortal Hulk Hogan. Each edition covers a different era in the history of the Hulkster as we relive our childhood hero. From the beginning of Hulkamania in the mid-80s and the birth of WrestleMania through the challenging times of the steroid trial all the way to his jump to WCW and the formation of Hollywood Hogan and the New World Order and then his return to the WWF leading in to the Hall of Fame. This edition covers it all. You can catch the Hulkamania Chronicles exclusively on Beyond the Bell here on the SNS Radio Network. Brother. Hey, wrestling fans, do you want a break from the day-to-day ins and outs of the WWE, TNA, and Ring of Honor? Do you like talk radio that pulls no punches? And do you like your sci-fi and fantasy? Well, tune in to the Elite Force Podcast each and every midweek with Chuck W., and each weekend with William Walkie Walker and Mindwipe. Exclusively on the SNS Radio Network and the Chris Jones Gaming Network. Yeah. This is going to be fun. SNS Radio Network. Want to keep up with what's going on with all the personalities and radio shows on the SNS Network? Well, let me tell you how. You can check out the Facebook group over at www.facebook.com slash groups slash SNS Radio Network. On Twitter, follow us at SNS Radio Network. You can follow me, Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson, at SNS underscore JJ sex a one. These are just a few ways to keep up with all the happenings going on on the SNS radio network. Welcome back, everybody, to the uh, second part and final part of this week's show. 
So we continue on with the uh, the results, and we go to Alpha One next for uh, Alpha One Assemble. And man, quite a lot of stuff happened here. So uh, the show started with Ricky Shane Page defeating Tyler Thomas to retain his Zero Gravity title. Then we had Silesia Sparks winning the four-way eliminator, beating uh, Josh Alexander, Alex Ryan, and uh, no, Alex Daniels and Eric Ryan, sorry. Uh, Ethan Page got the victory over Biff Busick. Uh, Jim Nye then won the six-man battle royal. Oh, sorry, the six-man, uh, the six-man, the fatal six-way. I don't know what to call it. And beating Joshua Singh, Brent Banks. Kai Katana, PD Flex, and Derek Direction. Then we had the tag team title gauntlet match. So uh, the Super Smash Brothers did go in first, obviously being champs. Uh, and they beat the Beaver Boys. Uh, the Ginger Gang, however, then uh, beat the Smash Brothers. Then the Gym Rats beat the Ginger Gang. Then the Goat Brigade beat the Gym Rats. And then in the end, uh, the Oppression of Sane and Knight beat the Goat Brigade to become your new Alpha One Tag Champs. Then uh, Kobe Durst beat Eazy-E in a Force Count Anywhere match. Then we got to the Battle Royal. Uh, the final four were uh, O'Shea, Sparks, Sane, and Alexander. And uh, it got down to the final two, which was O'Shea and Alexander. Alexander threw him out, so Josh Alexander goes on to the main event, which is next, against Brian Myers for the Alpha Male title. And Josh Alexander won it. And then th that's where the video comes in, isn't it, Sandro? Pretty much. Yeah. But uh, he's retiring, so he's vacating the title and uh, announces the last show, the mat, you know, the last match at the next show to be uh, Monster Mafia Gym Rat. But pretty good show from what I can tell there. I don't think that'll be on Smash. No, sorry, uh, that won't be... Is that No, Alpha 1 have got it up, haven't they? They're already starting to do the DVDs, aren't they? Yeah. They, they, edited, it on, they edited it by Monday, I think. Yeah, they already got the, the process coming. I don't know if it's up on uh, Smartmark yet, is it? Uh, I'm not sure. It might be by this weekend. Who knows? Yeah. I certainly think by then. Uh, next, uh, CCW's Tournament of Death. Uh, we had, uh, first up, the barbed wire boards match, which saw Jake Crist beat Ron Mathis. Then in the pits and strips match, Matt Tremont beat Josh Crane. In the light tube bundles match, Danny Havoc was victorious over Ricky Shane Page. And then in the fans bring the weapons match, and I'd say this is an upset, Connor Claxton beat DJ Hyde and Nick Gage in a triple threat. So I think this is showing that Connor Claxton's got momentum right now. Uh, then we had the couple of we had a non-tournament match now, uh, which saw Lucky Thirteen beat Eric Ryan in the Legend, in the the ladders, orange sacks, and Legos match. Then in the semi-finals, Matramont beat Danny Havoc in a light tube bundles match. 
So why was Danny Havoc in two light tube bundles match in a row? I'm a bit confused. And then uh, Connor Claxton beat Jake Crist to go to the finals in a panes of glass match. Uh, then we had a non-tournament scaffold match, which Dave Chris won, beating Devon Moore. And then your TOD final saw Matramont beat Connor Claxton. So uh, Matramont, I think, is is that two-time tournament of Death Champion now or three? No, I'm not uh, sure of the records. Wait, how how many times was it? Oh, excuse me, I didn't hear that. I wasn't sure if it was two or three for Tremont. Um, maybe three. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's won it at least once. So that's why I was. Oh no uh, no no, no no no! This is his first win actually. Oh, that was his first. Wow! So even though he's deathmatch crazy, that's the first time he's won it. Blimey! Yeah, that's good. I didn't realize that. Congrats, Matt. <laughs> One thing to mention though as well. Uh, that did happen, I guess, during one of the the, the gaps in between the matches. Uh, we have now confirmed for the next show, New Heights in July, Joe Gacy defending that wired title against Tim Donst. Which I think that is... Oh my word, so that means AIW followed by COW followed by Alpha One. Doesn't it? 10th, 11th, 12th of July. Bloody yeah. hell. <laughs> uh, so, uh, finally, in terms of results, the Shikara stuff, uh, starting off with uh, Sword of Destiny and its expansion pack. We're combining it into one because it makes sense. So, the opening match saw uh, in Chicago saw Missile Assault Amp beat Eric Cannon ducking the Glimmering Warlock and trapping Cannon in a pinning combo. Interestingly, Kevin Condren yelled from the balcony, you're a man to Missile Assault Ant, as he left to the go to back. So I'm wondering here now whether Missile Assault Ant's going to get unmasked and you've got a, you've got a trios team there. You know, with uh, Calhoun and Condren and whoever Missile Assault Ant is. I'm sort of guessing. Um, and the other expansion pack match saw NRG beat Juan Francisco de Coronado and Prakash Sabar when Hype hit the Hyper Wheel on uh, Sabar. So then, uh, for the main card, we had uh, Amasis and Workaround and Ashley Remington beating Ultramantis and the Batiri when Remington pinned pin Kodama with a deadlift German suplex. Then Kevin Condren and Lucas Calhoun beat Icarus and Heidi Lovelace when Condren pinned Icarus with a distraction from the Snow Troll. So yeah, he suddenly come back after being disregarded for months. And then most interestingly... Icarus attacked the snow troll in anger post-match. And his partners had to hold him back. <clears throat> so it look, it, it sort of looks as if as soon as you possess that belt, you become evil. Which I guess is an advantage to Hallowicked. 
Because Icarus is clearly Icarus's turn, doesn't he? Maybe. Maybe. Um, and then after the match, Condren gives Calhoun a brand new red outfit. Which, if you saw the promo video from the last, um, I know it was the last or the pr- one of the event centers leading up to this show, Lucas Calhoun is basically um, the honky tonk man, just not as stupid and not too Elvisy. I don't know whether this is the right angle, but whatever. <clears throat> uh, Silver Ant beat Blaster McMassive after Blaster passed out in the triangle choke. Then in Challenge of the Immortals action, Hallowicked and Frightmare beat Soldier Ant and Jakob Hammermeyer. It was originally supposed to be a trios match, apparently, but became a, just a tag match. Hallowicked rolled up Jakob for the win. The Colony, during it, tried to talk sense into Soldier Ant, but their attempts were thwarted. By their opposition. Uh, Eddie Kingston beat Yaka with the Backfist of the Future. Uh, Devastation Corporation, Flex Rumble Crunch, and Max Smashmaster beat Ophidian and Argus after Flex pinned Argus with a razor's edge. And then the main event saw Dasha Hatfield beat Tommaso Ciampa with a schoolboy. So I didn't think they'd make him main event, but Ciampa was main event. <clears throat> Except he wasn't. Because for the first time in Shikara history, they actually had an encore match. And uh, it was a challenge of the Immortals one, which saw Javes Cottonbelly and Los Ice Greens beat Juan Francisco Coronado, the proletariat board of Moldova, and Prakash Sabar when Sabar tapped to Cottonbelly's ankle lock. So, yeah, history made in Chicago. And. I'll be honest now, it continued in Indianapolis for shock and awe. Uh, the opening match saw Ultramantis, Black, Kadamba, and Oberian beat Gervais, Cottonbelly, and Los Ice Creams when Kadama pinned Heo, El Heo with a flying forearm. Word is from uh, the, the, report, the uh, reporter who was there, Mantis might have hurt his knee, so they hurried up the finish. Uh, Heidi Lovelace defeated Argus to retain the Young Lions Cup uh, with a Rana head spike as Argus was on his knees. Then Smashmaster, Rumblecrunch and Yaka beat Blind Rage, Frightbear and Silverant when Yaka pinned Silverant after a splash from the top. Frightmare and Blind Rage actually helped Silverant out of the ring after and appeared he was going to be in trouble, I guess, for losing. Uh, then Challenge of the Immortals action saw uh, Eddie Kingston beat Drew Gulak with a back fist and belly to black, belly to back combination. Sorry, uh, Dasha Hatfield missed a touchdown to Nicarus, beat Workaround Amasis and Ashley Remington. One touchdown hit a uh, delayed superplex on Workaround. Avidian uh, and Shenron beat the BDK. And uh, Hallowicked beat Oleg the Usurper after three Yakuza kicks to retain the Shikara Grand Championship. I now don't know who is able to take on Hallowicked for the belt now for the next set of shows. Or have they already announced it? I can't remember. Either way, um, we had another encore there 
as well. And uh, the team of NRG and Fireamp managed to beat uh, Coronado, the Boer, and uh, Prakash Sabar with Fireant hitting a brain buster on uh, Juan Francisco. So that's uh, Shikara, and that's all the results from this past week. Uh, now we will jump in no time at all to the uh, preview of this weekend's shows. Starting, like last week, with a double header from Global Force Wrestling. Uh, they've got a show in Jackson, Missouri on Saturday, June 20th, featuring uh, Andrew Everett, PJ Black, The Hot Shots, Chris Modetsky, Shelton Benjamin, Luke Hawks, Doc Gallows, Chuck Taylor, Jigsaw, Lady Tapa, Taya Trinidad, uh, Sanjay Dutt and Jimmy Rave. I'm guessing that probably means that Trinidad and Tapa are going one-on-one again. Because apparently that's all the women they have on their roster. And there will be a special guest being Scott Steiner. I wonder if there's a 66 and two-thirds chance that he's going to be there. I have to see. And then uh, there's going to be a Sunday show. Uh, Bowling Green, Kentucky. Sponsored, apparently, by Game Exchange. There you go. They paid money for that. Uh, on this show, the Young Bucks will be making their Global Force debut. Along with uh, the other talents being Sanjay, Dutt, Jigsaw, uh, Jimmy Rave, Lady Tapa, and Taya Trinidad. Again, I wonder. <laughs> Chuck Taylor, Cliff Compton, Doc Gallows, Moose... Chris Mordetsky, Andrew Everett, and Shelton Benjamin, and Jim Cornette, apparently. Did, did, did Jim Cornette fall out with Scott Steiner then? Because he isn't listed for the other one. Well, that's the important What The important question was, is Cornette going to be, well, if he's going to be a part of those shows, because I guess since he's aligned with the Bullet Club and the Bucks there, I mean, yeah, are they going to get along, or are they just going to... Super kick him for all his, uh, you know, crap talking. If it's the Young Bucks versus the Bullet Club, I won't be surprised. <laughs> we'll That's going to be an interesting weekend. One, is Scott Steiner going to ruin anything? And two, Bucks versus Cornette. Could be interesting. And I think, is it this weekend as well? And I'm only mentioning this as a side mention here. Isn't it um, Chris Hero and Colt Cabana going for the tag titles in Pro Wrestling Noah? I think. You know, up against the Killer Elite squad of... um, That'd be weird, because I, th- I think Killer Elite Squad are supposed to be heel because they're Suzuki gun. So that does that mean that the American team is going to get cheered over the American or ca- American Canadian team? That's confusing. <laughs> anyway, um, next up in terms of full previews, uh, MYWC uh, will be going the distance. This Saturday at the uh, MYWC Sportatorium in Deer Park, New York. Uh, the card for this one, 
features uh, Tony Mamluke versus Tyler Murphy. Monster Mac taking on former TNA star Jesse Neal. Angelo Andrews will be facing Drew Gulak. Uh, there'll be a four-on-four four tag as the A-listers take on Joe Attell, Man of Steel, Mike Verner, Talon, and a mystery partner. Uh, Brittany Savage Neal defends her NYWC Starlet Championship against Sammy Pickles. Uh, the Beaver Boys take on the premier gods of Papadon and Tony Nese. Joe Gacy defends his NYWC Fusion title against JT Cassin. Flawless and Lawless team up with Matt Tremont to take on Milk Chocolate and DJ Hyde in a, in a Long Island street fight. Milk Chocolate are advertised as champions, so I don't know whether this is some sort of weird tag title match, even though it's a six-man tag. That seems a bit confusing. And the main event, we'll see Stockade defend the MYWC belt against David Starr. What makes me think a certain JT Dunn could be somewhere around? Probably. Uh, next up, in terms of previews, uh, 2CW have got somewhat of a card. It's a bit confusing because uh, it's Tommy Dreamer's Hardcore Camp, they're describing it, at the 95X Fest. So... Um, the doors open, or I guess the gates open because it's like a, a an event. Uh, the the show opens at uh, eleven in the morning, and the match times are at various times. So we don't know when the matches are. I think they're dotted throughout the event at the Oswego County Event Center. In Pennellville, New York. Uh, apparently, some of the bands include uh, Hoobastank and POD. Uh, they're going to be performing there. Uh, more details can be found on 2CW's page where they'll give you the link to the 95X website. But uh, matches set to be happening. I can't tell you when the matches are happening. I think there will be more details on their website. Uh, Studley Steve McKenzie faces Rob Cook. Cheech takes on Guerra Loco. Kevin the Man Graham will be up against Isis FX. It'll be Juggernaut Jason Axe versus Pepper Parks. Uh, it'll be a, also a two-on-one handicap match with Supercop Dick Justice being the one and the two being Eric M. Timmons and Peter D. Order with Bin Hameen. Apparently, Supercop Dick Justice will also be with 95X's DXN. I don't know who that is. Uh, if Dick Justice wins, Bin Hameem has to do something. They've yet to announce what the stipulation is, though, for what Bin Hameem must do. Uh, then there's also going to be a tag match with X-Pac and Sean Carr taking on JT Dunn and Colin Delaney. And for the 2CW heavyweight title, Tommy Dreamer defends against former champ Captain Nick Ando. Next up, uh, we have um, On Point Wrestling coming back with uh, their show entitled Loyalty on Sunday in Williamstown, New Jersey at the uh, 
OTW Arena, which is inside the Monroe Business Center. Uh, doors open at 4.30 with a bell time of 5. Adult tickets are $20 and kids tickets for kids under 12 get in for 10 So on this card, uh, we have a pick your poison match with Xavier Cross facing Devon Moore and Drew Blood taking on Matt Tremont. I'm guessing that's more like a pick your hardcore death match um, opponent. More than likely because of who's been chosen for each. Uh, Six-man tag action. Sees the Viking War Party take on Kefka the Quiet, Josh Adams, and Nutritious X. Pinky Sanchez goes one-on-one with Kai Katana. And uh, also in a first-time face-off, Granakuma takes on Chainsaw Joe Gacy. Uh, Jeff Cannonball faces uh, Connor Claxton. There'll be a four-way match with Mickey McFinnigan, Latin Dragon, Caveman, and Mark Angel. Uh, the OPW heavyweight title will be on the line as Joey Janela tries to take the belt from champion Oz Tyler. And I left this one till last, only because it probably will be the main event because of what it is. Uh, it's the Hooligans taking on, accompanied by Dewey, the return of the Hate Club. Nick Gage is, I think that's, is that the first time Hate Club have been, I know they reunited on the last On Point show, but I think this will be the first time they're actually in match action, isn't it, Sandro, I think? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Should be, should be interesting. (laughs) Yeah, it it wouldn't be long until the Hate Club is, uh, in uh, back in CCW at some point. Yeah, that's going to happen sooner rather than later. Yeah, that that's where it started. Uh, so next, uh, a week, uh, a couple of shows over the weekend from AAW and its sister show AAW Vanguard. Uh, so f- first up on the Friday, AAW's Killers Among Us uh, in Bourbon Street in Marionette Park, Illinois. Uh, the doors open at 7 with a bell time of 7.45. Uh, kids get in for $10 at the door. Uh, general admission for everybody is $15. Second row tickets are $20 for both the standard second row and the second row on the stage. And the front row, as well as the front row of the stage, is $30. But in case you're thinking, oh, that's too much, this is... Pretty damn strong card. Plus, there's some um, history happening. So, uh, we got... It was originally supposed to be Chris Sabin versus Johnny Gagano in a rematch. But uh, due to Sabin being injured, that means that Johnny Gagano now has to face Davey Richards. So, that alone should be a pretty good match. Uh, Shane Hollister faces Tyson Dukes. Uh... In women's action, we'll have Candice LeRae versus Alison Kay, and it's not supposed to rhyme, although it does half the time. Uh, OI4K defend the tag belts against the Monster Mafia. Christian Faith defends his heritage title against Lewis Linden. Tommaso Ciampa will be taking on Eddie Kingston. And Josh Alexander will defend 
the AAW world title for the final time on an AAW show on that card. Also set to be appearing are Matt Cage, Heidi Lovelace, the Hooligans, Davey Vega and Matt Fitchett, plus possibly more. And then AEW Vanguard uh, at the Bowen Eagles Club will be having the uprising on Saturday evening with a bell time of 7.30 with the doors opening at 6.45. Uh, with this one, uh, front row is $15, general admission is 10 and kids 10 and under get in for 5 bucks. And considering, again, what's happening here in terms of history, it's well worth the money because... The one thing we might as well get out of the way with first, this is probably where Josh Alexander's going to have his last AAW match outright. Whether it's for the title or not, we'll have to see. But he is, he is confirmed to be on that card, isn't he, Sandra? Yeah, there's been uh, some speculation that he could take on uh, Ethan Page. Depending what events happen the day before, you never know. Uh, also part of the show, uh, Congo Kong takes on Justice Jones. Uh, Marek Brave versus Paco. Uh, there'll be six, will be mixed six tag action as Eli Machete, Connor Braxton, and Alexia Nicole take on Orlando Christopher, Austin Mannix, and Angelus Lane. And the Viking War Party will take on the team of Eric Ryan, Lamar Titan, and Tweak Phoenix. As you previously mentioned, Ethan Page will also be part of that show, along with Marion Fontaine, Jake O'Neill, Benjamin Boone, The Clash, uh, Alex Daniels, and Trick Davis, plus probably more, and more likely Christian Rose, because apparently he can be on a plenty of Vanguard shows, as much as he wants, or something like that. So then uh, we come to... I guess the big one, technically. Because it's the one that's on pay-per-view. Um, Ring of Honor's best in the world. Coming this Friday, Terminal 5. Still don't know why they're using that building, but okay. <laughs> it's the only building oh, no, wait. I remember, because NXT is using the Manhattan Center in July. <laughs> that's why. No, it's in August. What are you talking about? Oh, is it? Is it all, oh, yeah, because it's in the week before SummerSlam, yeah. Yeah. Even though they are going head-to-head at the same night, but that's another story. <laughs> we already oh, discussed that. different issue. The confusing thing here is, and me and Sandra still can't work this out, the doors open at half seven, but the bell time is nine o'clock, and that's when it's on pay-per-view as well. It's not eight, actually nine o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> Sudden, uh, so, suddenly I'm getting flashbacks to the mid-90s. Suddenly I'm wondering if Samoa Joe's going to be wrestling on the dark matches. Nah, I don't think so. We're going to have to do something to fill up that hour. Yeah, they'll have some matches. Probably some dark matches. They'll probably do a meet and greet before the show. Maybe. Plus cheeseburger versus brutal Bob. Yeah, sure. Think of that. Although I wouldn't mind seeing that, not just. The... Uh, so that that definitely means you aren't getting any sort of 
weird interval time because there ain't going to be enough time because it's going to be midnight by the time they go off. So uh, in terms of matches, uh, we've got the War Machine versus the reuniting, apparently, of the CNC Wrestle Factory of Cedric Alexander and Caprice Coleman. Something's happening. That doesn't seem right that they've suddenly back together. Something's going on there. Uh, we're going to have the last real man, Silas Young, taking on Dalton Castle with the boys. <laughs> Dalton Castle's pay-per-view debut. I automatically approve. He's right uh, up there with, you know, Barrister R.D. Evans. Whatever happened to him? He just disappeared. Literally from everywhere. Oh, well. That should be a fun match, though. Uh, Donovan Dijak with Truth Martini takes on Mark Briscoe with ODB. That could be a good match, but also I fear shenanigans are going to be too much effort in that one. Uh, then uh, tag action as Matt Seidel teams up with ACH to take on Adam Page and BJ Whitmer. I'm trying to think of a tag team name for Seidel and ACH. <laughs> well, they'll think of something. Super crazy? No. <laughs> Um, but again, you know, I'm guessing, I'm guessing Colby Carino is going to be there and we're going to have more, we're going to have another confrontation between Whitmer and Carino. You know, the few that they've teased every single pay-per-view pretty much finally might actually happen after like a year of waiting. Yeah, it's been like two years. Well, no, in terms of pay-per-view, I'm saying. Oh, oh, yeah. Because, what, is it, an, is it, a, it's not a year to the day, is it? Oh, no, it's been like a six months, because they have been a final battle. That was the last time they no, had a competition. No, best in the world, wasn't best in the world the first pay-per-view last year? Uh Oh, uh, regular, regular live pay-per-view? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's the one, yeah, yes, it was. So I guess it's sort of the first anniversary of pay-per-view. <laughs> Hence yeah. why they're running late. That's all I can think of. I don't know. <laughs> um, the tag titles will be on the line as the Addiction take on Red Dragon in an ODQ match. Which means Saban could come out even though he's injured and smack somebody. Uh, we'll have a number one contenders match for the Ring of Honor world title. A triple threat with Michael Elgin, Roderick Strong and Moose. And as much as I hate to say it, I think Moose might actually be going over there. Really? I'm just thinking they want to push him to the moon. That's the way they've been angling it all the time. And I just think they're going to pull the trigger on him. No, I got a feeling that Roderick Shaw is going to win here. Can't be Elgin because he's going to be busy uh, next month. Yeah. <laughs> and Moose is not ready. Not yet. I wouldn't be surprised. They're just, you know, they seem 
steadfast on pushing him already. You know, the fact that they're putting him in a number one contenders match a year after he debuted in one of the worst segments Ring of Honor's done in years. Uh, I don't know. Then, to me, in the co-main event, despite those other two, um, this is the one that I'm most looking forward to watching because of what it is. Uh, Maria and the kingdom of Taven, Bennett, and Cole take on AJ and the Young Bucks of the Bullet Club. Mm-hmm. I can watch that match 15 times and not give a damn about I'm seeing it again. That's definitely going to be a lot of fun. And uh, I wonder if payback's uh, coming for the Bullet Club, especially uh, what they did to uh, Maria. Yeah. The same well, three, actually. Well, actually, thinking about it. Do we know if the other members of the Bullet Club are wrestling that day? Because they're not. Because Global Force Wrestling is Saturday and Sunday, so oh. if they're not wrestling Friday, it could appear they might be around to kidnap Maria. <laughs> oh my god! No, they'll probably get involved in the match. Yeah, and then in your main event. Is this a title unification or is it just lazy writing? I don't know. Jay Briscoe. I guess it's for both titles. Yeah, because the way they're advertising it, champion versus champion, it looks more like that. Jay Briscoe, the world champion, takes on TV champ Jay Lethal. Just for the sake of it, I wouldn't actually... I was going to say title change, but that's going to happen anyway. But I'd like to see Lethal actually get a chance to shine. I think um, he's well deserving of being world champion. After the run that he's had as TV champ and the run, he, the run he's had in Ring of Honor the past few years, to be quite honest. I'm going to agree. Uh, well, first off, at the end, Jay's going to win. I'd say. Yes. But in all serious. um, yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, Jay Lethal is definitely going to win the match. Um, of course, he's been bragging about how the TV title is uh, the best title in the, in the promotion. And, of course, you know, they've been building that up between him and Briscoe. And I think it would make sense for Lethal to walk out with both titles. And, of course, it would make sense, especially since I'm picking Roderick Strong to win that number one contender. Uh, I think that would be the obvious choice. It'll be interesting to see how much promotion they gave to that card on the television that aired as we were recording. Uh, I haven't watched TV in, a, I think I'm behind like, I think about a month's worth of television, so I don't know. Well, it's only been on three weeks. <laughs> no, I'm just talking about in on general. Destination America. <laughs> oh, well, I've been watching the whole television for months now, so. No problem. I'll have to. I'll have to check that out myself. See whether they did from the Saturday episodes when people got it first. Um, and finally, after all that, uh, to the following day, uh, Saturday, uh, will be aftershock TV tapings again with a crazy time because the doors open at half five, but the bell time is seven o'clock. 
So I guess they're making the most of New York meet and greets, probably. Probably. Uh, the only match that we know of this one is the one that they've previously advertised, and I'm guessing it's only going to be a dark match due to the fact that one of the people is Samoa Joe. Because if they allowed Samoa Joe on Ring of Honor television while being under a WWE contract, that would be shocking, I would say. If, if, if such a deal was actually reached for him to still be able to show on television for other companies. I'm guessing not. So that's why, you know, if you do want to see that match, go there in person. Samoa Joe teaming up with AJ to take on the addiction. No confirmation as to whether the titles are on the line. Probably because it doesn't make sense for it to do. Or do so, but uh, yeah. TV tapings on Saturday. So, uh, I, 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 were you mentioning, Sandro, that you might be heading to that one possibly or not? Uh, I might be going to the Saturday show. Uh, that's going to yeah. be a last minute thing. If I do go, uh, I might be doing live tweets from the show. So just giving everybody a heads up. Keep keep an eye on the uh, TWIF social media stuff for details on that. Mostly the Twitter. Yeah, more likely the Twitter, but there'll be well, a, a couple of them will go over, won't they? Yeah. Like a, a couple of the tweets will go through to our page. So uh, either way, yeah. There you go. It's. Uh, it's us done for this week. So uh, next week, obviously, we've got another big weekend because it's a PWG show, which means by default it's a big weekend. <laughs> um, along with, so I think, have we got any other big shows next week? Have Smash got a show, or are they done till July? No, they. They're, no, they're they're, they're, this is the following week, isn't it? We'll find out. Yeah. We'll find out and we'll tell you and that sort of stuff. So uh, that's all from this is that's all from us for this week, if I can say it properly. Check out the other shows here on the network: uh, Sticks and Flicks, EFP, uh, all that good stuff. Not all of them involve me, be honest. Just go to the SNS Radio Network website for all the rest of the shows and the archives there. Um, Sandro, how can people get in touch with us? You can find us on Facebook, www.facebook.com slash The Whole Indie Show. Like us over there. Find us on Twitter at TWIS underscore podcast. You follow myself over at Sandro TWIS, S-A-N-D-R-O-T-W-I-S. You can follow Ashley over at Ashes, my name, UK. Find us on iTunes and Stitcher. Subscribe, rate us, leave us feedback. And uh, find all the archives and RSS feeds over at snsradionetwork.com So, to head us out to the vast depths of the end of the show, um, we'll go with a little Radiohead in the Pyramid song in dedication to the fact that Foo Fighters won't be playing the Pyramid stage at Glastonbury. I don't know whether that's why Radiohead wrote that song. I don't know. Either way, that being said, this was Ashley, that was Sandro, this has been your weekly slice 
of indie goodness. We'll see you next week, everybody.
I'm so wrong.